I'm Tyler. I'm Jenny Claire. And, and this, this is, is Southern, Southern Slings. Slings. Hey y'all. Good morning instead of good evening because we're recording on Sunday morning. We Afternoon. Ha- Whatever fucking time it is. Okay. It's, noon. it's barely noon. We had a yard sale yesterday and we were too worn out to do anything. And yeah, fuck not, yard sales. You didn't have to do a ton of work. I didn't, but still. But also we just were not prepared, so... We, this part of we was not. Well, I didn't get finished till last night. And today I had a tooth break, so I look like a hot mess and super upset Don't. about it. Probably have a $500 dental bill this week, so that's always good. I can yank the bitch out for you. And then I'll be toothless. Look like Bug. Yeah. Except she's a child, so she's supposed to be missing teeth. I'm not. We're getting older. They're going to fall out eventually. You're just about to be 30, and I'm 32. I know. We have horrible genetic teeth, and it's not supposed to be this bad this fast. It just means I can get to my my favorite diet of mashed potatoes for the rest of my life. I'm happy with that. You would be sad if you missed some meat. Yeah, put that bitch in a blender. Okay. I say pureed meat at work. It's not pretty. I don't think you'd Didn't be happy. Didn't say it was. Don't think Didn't you, say I was going to be happy about it either. You wouldn't. I promise. So yeah, we started the Facebook page. We oh yeah. Start that. So we finally started our Facebook page. It's called Southern Slangs, of course. So you can like that and follow us on there for any information, teasers about what's coming. Eventually, we'll start some threads about ideas or recommendations for episodes and stuff like that. Share with your friends. Keep us moving. Need some more viewers. Listeners. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, listeners. Listeners. I almost, list of viewers is what almost came out of my mouth. Sunday afternoon energy. Yes, not much. Nope. All right. Now let's get murdery. Now you can go. This one's close to home. Oh, God. At 722 Leicester Street, Memphis, Tennessee. On March 3rd, 2008, a gruesome scene was discovered. Please tell me this guy's name is Mo. No. Damn it. A woman had called police worried about her son and his dad. When police didn't get an answer at the residence, they noticed the door was cracked open and entered. Officer Randall Davis said he could smell the dead bodies as he walked in the door. He found four adults and two children murdered. Three other children were also found seriously injured. The later autopsies determined that the adults were shot numerous times with a semi-automatic weapon, and the children were stabbed and had blunt trauma to their heads. So is there a Mo in the story at all? No, no Mo. Okay, I just... And no motive, really. The people living in this home were 33-year-old Cecil Dotson, his 27-year-old fiance Marissa Williams, and their five children, ranging in age from two months to nine years. Cecil worked in maintenance at a local apartment complex. The detectives didn't know if the perpetrator was coming back to harm the family, so they assigned officers to guard the surviving children at their hospital rooms. Sergeant Mullins was the lead detective on this case, and later testified that this was the worst case he had ever worked. So, considering you're in Memphis, that says a lot. Yeah, that's got to be pretty high up there. It was determined two guns were used in the shooting, a 9mm and a 
380. So we're I, don't, I don't know guns. That look that that face said you had a question mark at the end of it. I I don't know. Neither of these weapons were found at the scene or after, but shell casings were all over the living room. I think a 12 gauge shotgun was found propped up in the living room. On antlers? No. <laughs> no, not on antlers. But that one was not used. Sergeant Mullins believed that the adults' bodies were staged after the shooting. Cecil was in a kneeling position, and a bag of marijuana was in his hand. And they said it was a big bag, like too big to even close his hand, grasp his hand around. Miss Robertson was in a seated position. Okay, <clears throat> just need to say there were two other adults besides the man Cecil who lived at the home. And I never really got a clear answer. I guess these were just friends or relatives. Miss Robertson was in the seated position against the sofa with her legs extended and pants pulled down. A bag of crack rocks were found near her pelvis. Miss Williams was positioned leaning next to Miss Robertson with their legs on top of each other. Mr. Seals was located in the hallway, pants pulled down to his knees with his wallet laying next to him. This staging was believed to be done with the drugs to make it look like gang activity. It was later discovered that Cecil was a gangster disciple and his brother was a crip, but Sergeant Mullins knew this wasn't gang-related. He had worked over a 100 gang crime scenes, and the gang members would never spend the amount of time at the scene that this killer had done. Kitchen knives and wooden boards from the home were used to inflict injuries on the children. All of the handles were broken off the knives and taken from the scene. Uh, okay, so it's just the knife, so it's just the blade left? Inside children. Uh, okay. Sergeant Mullins said the perpetrator was very familiar with the home. And the knives to just break them off. Yeah. Nine-year-old CJ, the oldest child in the house, was found in the bathtub alive with a knife sticking out of his head. How old? I literally just said nine-year-old CJ. The paramedics said it was the worst thing they had ever seen also. After CJ was stabilized, he told detectives, Junior did it. They quickly realized Junior was CJ's uncle and Cecil's brother, Jesse Dotson. I have to say this. I know the brand of vehicle is Datsun, not Dotson. But it just makes me think of it. This is an unnecessary tangent, but it's a funny story. So, my dad had an old Datsun pickup. It was blue. The floorboard was falling out. Mm-hmm. He's a painter, carpenter, contractor. It was his work truck. I was still little, so I wasn't old enough to be embarrassed yet. But my sister was like a preteen. And she was super embarrassed of this truck and didn't want him to take her to school in it. I mean, it was literally like about to be Flintstone in you could see the road a little bit through the bottom of the truck. So, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. We had the couple of the trucks at Better Brands were old. You can't say that on... They're not a company anymore. Okay. They're not... They, they shut everything down. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't be having Flintstone in a company vehicle. And a, a Class A licensed fucking truck, yeah. For sure. So after my dad had pretty much used this truck to death, it kind of just sat in the driveway. The tires were flat, <laughs> and it was more of just held his tools. Just a yard ornament. Yep. And think 
I can't remember if I was actually there when she did it, but her and one of her friends were home by themselves, and they decided to take this truck for a joyride. I think they were about 13, 14. I think I've heard this story, have I not? Yes. Okay. They find the keys, take the truck right around town, and remember, this is a town of six, 7,000 people. Everybody knows everybody. They drive around for a little bit, literally pull back into the driveway. The tires are complete shreds. No. Because they were already flat. Yes. They were already flat as fuck anyway. And then, I guess, go inside and act normal. And my dad gets home shortly after, felt the hood of the truck, and it was warm like it had been used. And then, I don't know if it was the same day or the next day or what, but... A local person that we that we know saw Daddy and said, "Oh, I saw you got your old blue truck running again." And he's like, "Nope." nope. He said, "Well, I saw it yesterday going around the lake." So obviously they knew it was my sister, and she got in trouble. And Mama even called one of her police friends to see if they would like take her to the station to scare. Her. They wouldn't, but. Even in the 80s. I know. Well, no, this was like probably late 90s. So she got in trouble, and I remember thinking, like, being scared that crying because she was going to go to jail, which of <laughs> course she wasn't and didn't. Honestly, that's probably the worst thing she ever did because she was the good child. But, anyways, every time I hear this name, it makes me think of the old blue Datsun. But this is Dots. Yes. Okay. Okay. Back to the story. So, nine year old CJ had just said, Junior did it. Junior is Jesse Dotson, Cecil's brother. Jesse Dotson was born December 19th, 1974. I literally found, even though this is one of Memphis's biggest crimes, there's no information about his childhood, anything. Don't know if he grew up there. Don't know anything about him. (laughs) At the age of 19, Jesse went to jail for killing a man over a drug deal. Oh. Obviously, he did not serve very long if he was out and about. At the time of the murders, he lived with his sister, Nicole, in her apartment and worked with his father, Jetsy Se- Jesse Sr. Jetsy? I tried to put Jesse and Dotson together. <laughs> Jesse Sr. as a painter. I could not get access to the whole episode, but you can find him being questioned on YouTube because this was an episode of the first 48 on A&E. No shit. Yes. So I watched him being questioned. It's like a three-minute video. So police bring him in for questioning. After some time, they asked, Who's Junior? And Jesse said, That's me. That's what my family calls me. Then they played a recording of his nephew saying, Junior did it. And he knew he was caught. His mother came in. He confessed to her. Also, there's not much information about the court or anything either, but he confessed to her, and then he did recant later that day. So, this now is the story of what actually happened. On Saturday, March 1st, 2008, Jesse Jr., his father, and his brother, William Waddell, went to Cecil's house to watch the University of Memphis basketball game. You sure it's not Waddell? Okay. Cecil's fiance, Miss Williams, and the five children were all home. The TV wasn't working well, so Jesse Sr. left around 6 p.m. So I imagine him to be like, 
comes over to his son's house to watch the game. TV's not working, and he's like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm going somewhere that's got a good TV. Fuck you. So he left around 6 p.m., and around 11, p- 11 p.m., their brother, Waddell, left, and Cecil was still alive. And they report no conflict, no nothing going on. The next morning, Jesse Sr. went to Nicole's apartment to pick up Jesse Jr. for work. And Nicole said, he's not here and I haven't seen him. The next day, Jesse Jr. surfaced, saying he had gotten in a fight with his girlfriend the night before. Went to work with his father from 8 to 11 a.m. On the morning of March 3rd, Erica Smith, the mother of Cecil's, one of Cecil's children, realized Cecil didn't show up for work and no one had heard from him. She then called the police. So that's when they found the scene. Okay. So, like I said, there's not much on the court case, but they did question whether the nine-year-old had any ulterior motive for naming his uncle. That just... The fuck? Yeah, and it was reported in multiple articles. That just blew my mind. Like, what could you even possibly imagine? His whole family is dead. He had a knife hanging out of his head when y'all found him. him and two of his other siblings are the only ones left? Yes, I believe, yeah, that's what she said. Yes, so what would the motive be? Yeah, so, and also you've got Junior in here that just said, oh, well, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I mean, he confessed, but like I said, he did recant, but still, like, Fucking what? Why would a nine-year-old have an ulterior motive for naming somebody as his attempted killer? The jury convicted Jesse on six counts of premeditated first-degree murder and three counts of attempted murder. One of these kids was, I think the other two that lived were two months and two years, and they had all been stabbed. He was sentenced to death for each murder and got an additional 40-year sentence for each attempted murder. He, of course, appealed, and they said his death sentences were not excessive. These murders and assaults are some of the most horrendous ever committed in Tennessee. So his appeal was denied. Right. His execution was scheduled for November 2015. He looks like he's still waiting on death row. All three of the surviving children have physically recovered from the majority of their injuries inflicted on them by their uncle. A few other interesting things I found. There was a news report when I was looking for the YouTube, on YouTube trying to find, I found a news report that he got married while he was in jail. And the reporter Mm. asked him... Did his fiance think he was guilty? Direct quote. Uh, I don't know. I can't speak for her. So I'm pretty sure that's like a, uh, yeah, she knows I did it. I told her I did it. She still wants this. And then they said, is she the love of your life? Yeah. 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 That was it. Yeah. 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 That marriage is. Sure. Destined for greatness. Also found a pretty sad interview with his mom. Think about it from her point. Her son murdered her other son and tried to murder and did murder some of her grandchildren. Yeah. His mom says, that's my son no matter what, even though he did the worst thing I could ever think. He confessed to me that he killed my son and my grandbabies. I don't take his calls because he's just cussing and denies everything now. A monster did those things in that house. If he gets out, I'm getting in my car and leaving. He did that to those babies. You think he cares about me? I just feel really bad for her that, you know, 
one of her kids did it and she lost her other kid and a lot of her yeah. grandkids and it's super sad. This information came from mycrimelibrary.com, murderpedia.org, and courthousenews.com. Pretty short one. Like I said, there wasn't any information on his life growing up and very little on the court stuff. I did think it was interesting that his brother was in one gang and he was in another. That's probably not a good situation in general. But, I mean, if they were watching the basketball game together, you know, I guess mostly they were cool. But there was no motive. I didn't see any kind of guess. They just got in a fight that night after everybody else left, and he knew that the kids could be witnesses, so he had to kill them, too. It could have been maybe some money they put on the game, a bet or something, or it could have been gang-related or nothing. So he just got mad and killed his whole family, including babies, literally. He's garbage. All right. We get Civil War on mine. Ooh. Um, first of all, do you want to give anybody credit for recommending the story to you? No, I don't. <laughs> Thank you for last minute choosing my story for me and not reading into it. I did not read it at all. I just read the heading that there was a lot of victims. It was old and it didn't wasn't super a ton of information so it wouldn't be super long and overwhelm you. Alright. Samuel Champ Ferguson, born in Clinton County, Kentucky. By the way, shout out to the guy on in one of the dad Facebook groups that I share the podcast to who called me out for not having Kentucky in the picture. <laughs> And all I told him was Kentucky was coming up soon. It's it's in the podcast whether it's in the picture or not. So yeah, there was, to you, dude. There was some debate about what was the South, but I like our lines. But this one actually came up when I searched Tennessee. Well, yeah, it's he was born in Kentucky, but okay. that's pretty much all. Also, I'd like to say um, if you name your child Champ. They're either going to be some kind of amazing... It's it's Samuel and then Champ in quotations, so it's probably a nickname. They're either going to be some kind of amazing athlete or more likely... A douche. A mass murderer. All right, so we're naming the next kid Champ. Cool. (laughs) He was the oldest of ten children and a farmer. Fuck having ten kids. Yeah. No. No. Too much. Yeah. He grew up with a reputation for fighting and violence his whole life. Red flag, red and shotgun. Later in his 30s, he moved with his wife and family to Calf Killer River Valley in White County, Tennessee. Who? They just kill calves. Who and why did you name the river that Tennessee? Never mind. I don't, don't answer that. I don't want to know. For reasons unknown, Ferguson had a fierce hatred for the Union. Some theories are that federal soldiers came and raped his wife and daughter, and that he had various grudges against people in that area for supporting the Union. Champ would later claim that Confederate officials had promised him that they would ignore a previous murder charge if he would support them in the Southern fight. During the Civil War, East Tennessee was mostly a mountainous area divided about secessionism. The split in territory at this time meant that families were often divided as well. Champ's brother was killed as a member of the Union's 1st Kentucky Cavalry. 
This terrain and separation of military units and law enforcement due to the war gave many guerrilla fighter groups a huge leg up in the area. Cumberland Plateau was a good example of this. There's numbers of recorded incidents of guerrilla and revenge attacks in the area. Okay. Okay, that's it. You start talking about any military stuff. Will you stop moving around? I completely zone out a little, even though I try not to. I'm just surprised I haven't seen you yawn yet, okay? I already suppressed one. Okay. I mean, your dad has already had to get on you and your sister this weekend for not looking in a suitcase to notice that his Vietnam jacket was in there. That was a true accident, but he did not need that suitcase. And you could have the jacket, just yes. not the suitcase. And I have nothing against the military. I'm thankful for my dad and others who have served and your grandpa. But I just... Uh, it just zones me out. <laughs> so, get to the murders. Not much about it. At the start of the war, Ferguson organized attacks on civilians in the region that were believed to support the Union. Various times, his groups had contact with Confederate military units led by Brigadier General John Hunt Morgan and Major General John Wheeler. Champ was authorized to be an official military captain by Morgan. Although Ferguson and his men were not subject to the military discipline, and more often than not, did whatever the fuck they wanted to do, in clear violation of normal military rules. These are kind of militia-ish dudes? that's that's the guerrilla thing. There's many legends and stories about Champ's sadism, including how he would decapitate prisoners and roll their heads down hills. Hmm. Might have been trying to bowl. That's what I was going to say. Yep. That's exactly where I went with that. Might have been trying to bowl. For other people, using people as pins. Maybe. And his willingness to kill bedridden men and elderly people. Before the end of the war, he was arrested for the murder of a lieutenant of a Lieutenant Smith in a Confederate hospital and was detained in with... I put a pronunciation guide and I'm still going to fuck it up. Withville, Virginia. For two months. And then just released. Oh yeah, here. Seems right. Yeah. For the time. Champ was arrested and tried at the end of the war in Nashville for 53 murders. His supporters say his actions were within the boundaries of just warfare and self-defense. But everybody knows they weren't. Because the sentence, I want to bowl your head down this hillside, is self-defense. Yeah. Just because it seems fun. The main rival of Ferguson's during all of this is Tinker Dave Beatty. Which is now the next n- next name of my D&D character. Tinker? Tinker. Tinker Dave. Oh, poor little Tink Tink. I am making an artificer. I realize that goes way over your head. Mm-hmm. But I'm making an artificer and I'm calling him Tinker Dave. Okay. Just don't nerds blame me. Uh, whatever. Point is, this guy testifies against Ferguson. Okay. Champ accepted that he killed many of the named victims and admitted, and admitted to killing over 100 men personally and maintain it was all part of his military activities. Self-defense! The number of prisoners and wounded men he and his dickhead men killed in the Battle of Saltville was, and still is, a matter disputed by some. These men were mainly members of the 5th U.S. Colored Cavalry and their white officers. Mm -hmm. On October, which, by the way, 
My phone likes to autocorrect October to octopus. That's something new I've learned about my phone. Makes me wonder what you've been Googling. Octopi. On October 10th, 1865, Ferguson was found guilty and sentenced to hang. Ten days later, they hung him. Surprises me. Champ Ferguson was one of the only two Confederates who were executed by the Union Army, the other being Henry Wurz, a commandant of Andersonville Prison. Did he bowl anybody's head? I don't know. Ferguson's last wish was to be taken back to his home and buried next to Calf Killer River in White County, Tennessee, which they gave him. His grave is in France Cemetery, north of Sparta, Tennessee. Still today, Ferguson is remembered very differently in different parts of the region, as evident in these historical markers. So some people probably think, he, some racist assholes probably think he was a hero. Mm-hmm. And my sources this week were Murderpedia and TennesseeEncyclopedia.net. Yeah, luckily, I don't think you could get away, get away with just randomly killing today. I'm sure there is some that goes on in war zones, but definitely not to those numbers that you can just kill random people that are not trying to hurt you, not in self-defense. Certainly, they're not going to let you just you know, roll somebody's head down a hillside. No, probably not. However fun it may sound. So just for funsies... Just for funsies. We're going to ask each other some questions. Just because this is a super short-ass episode. And yeah. Just and we thought it would be good for y'all to get to know us a little more. Because I'm sure they want to do that. Tyler, what fictional character do you have a crush on? Um, but, okay, I feel like as a big nerd, which is an official title of you... I can't remember her name. You probably have multiple animated characters you've listed after over the years. Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop. I always thought she was hot. From what? Cowboy Bebop. I don't know what that is. Exactly. Let me see her. Okay. Dark hair, big tits, Mm -hmm. fits. Mine would be Princess Jasmine, which is also kind of weird because I also identify with her, you know, and like the little Facebook questions and like what's your Disney princess it's always her but yeah her and you were always stuck with her when as a child because I was always the darkest out of my friends if you had to do an extreme sport what would you do it has to be extreme I mean you can google what what parameters are make an extreme sport but mountain biking or (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my sport in general is swimming, but if it had... So yeah, just add sharks to it. And that just makes and it that's extreme. extreme. Okay, no thank you. I'm not, that shark came way too close to my leg at the beach when I was pregnant, and it you didn't save baby. me. So, uh, no, no sharks. But it I will... It was a baby and not even a foot long. Okay, it was probably a foot and a half, Whatever. but it's still a shark. Anyways... I was always good at riding my bike. Don't know if I could even still do it nowadays. They yeah. say you don't forget. I mean, you don't forget. You fall, but you don't forget how to do okay. it. Okay, so some extreme biking. Rock climbing. Can't really see your tall self doing that, but. I mean, the next choice was going to be like 
base jumping or some shit like that. You hate heights. Exactly. <laughs> that was the only thing I could think of. Okay. I'm just giving you on-the-spot answers, okay? You're not giving me time to research these questions. If you could eat only three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes. <laughs> you have to pick three different uh, Okay. Cheesecake's soft. And you yeah. love cheesecake. Mashed potatoes, cheesecake. It's a great combination to start <laughs> off. Sushi. Do I only get one kind of sushi for the rest of my life? No, I'll just let you have all the sushi. Okay. My number one would be mashed potatoes. That's literally my favorite food. And I'm going to go broad range, just chicken strips, <laughs> as long as I get honey mustard with them. Then honey mustard has to take up your third No. Yeah. No, they go together. And my third one... Dipping sauces were not included in this. My third one would be... Condiments are life, okay? <laughs> my third one would be some good buttery rolls, Logan's, or like from the school, how they were when we were growing up. And you would go back to school ro- rolls. Okay. They were delicious. I don't know if they are now, but they were then. Well, we didn't have good rolls at school. Oh, we did. Which do you prefer? Sunrise or sunset? Sunset, because I like to sleep. <laughs> yeah, sunset. See, so, yeah, I figured you would be more sunrise. No, because the sun starts coming out, it's fucking hot. Yeah, true. Who was your role model growing up? Nan. Why? She was the one that I connected with more and wanted to be around more. Mine would probably be my Aunt Pam. She worked really hard until she had to retire because she couldn't anymore. She's dealt with some stuff in her life but always stayed positive and strong in her faith and she's very generous and sweet. What is your least favorite What is your least favorite family tradition? Not, nope, I've already changed my question once because you didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. So, getting together for holidays. I will go ahead and answer my answer that now. That's fun. Hated it. I always, <laughs> when, like, we would go to Ryan's or some buffet place for family get together stuff, and uh, nobody ever talked to me, so. You I just ate my, your weight. I in. ate my weight in mashed potatoes, and every once in a while, my mom would tell me to go and get something green, so I would go and get green jello, and I would play on my Game Boy. I mean, that doesn't sound that bad. No, I, I, Poor thing. We didn't have a ton of, like, traditions growing up, but I feel like I liked everything, except our punishment was when... Daddy would make us go pick sticks up in the yard, and now we do that, that to our not kids. That's a family tradition. I know, but that's all I can think of. I mean, it is because we're I, doing it to our yeah, kids. <laughs> fine. I hated picking up the sticks. You just do something completely unrelated, and he's like, go pick up sticks. And me and my sister still joke about it. All right. Well, it's been real to get to know you more. Sure. <laughs> I'll try to come up with something with more substance next week thanks for listening thanks guys good day i said good day sir